0: Hey, this is Annie and Samantha, and welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeart Radio. Ooh, today we're talking about the internet, the interwebs. Yes, and I feel like you and I have already told the story of our because uh, we came from small towns and the internet was uh, slow at best. Yes, I had a thirty-minute time period. Where that was the only uh, we split it up between me and my siblings. We only had thirty minutes each. We did have a computer room, like Bridget mentioned in her recent episode, where you could it out, the drinks or the food. Like there was a big sign in all caps. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, those like early experiences of just waiting so long for these web pages to load. I guess. This isn't necessarily related to the internet, but since we've already told those stories, do you remember when you first bought like the computer in the house? Oh, see,
1: I did not have internet growing up. So Mm -hmm. I would travel to my friends' houses or stay at a library. So there was no internet until I left for college and I was the last kid uh, in the house. So we didn't have it. I think I stayed. Yeah, I stayed over at my aunt's one night to do a full report because she had it, and but she was in town as where we were in the outskirts of town. Like this is why yeah. I still say I'm going into town <laughs> yeah. when I actually live in a town. Like it's a part of my vocabulary, my like speech because right. that was a literal thing for me. Uh-huh. People made fun of me when I went to college and I would say that they're like, "What?" <laughs> but so I don't know because I was trying to think right before you asked me this. How did my parents get that computer? Where did that come from when I came home from college? Because uh, I think I've told the story where I was on the webs after Mm -hmm. I'd come home from college one summer, the only summer I did this, and our house got struck by lightning, and Mm -hmm. I happened to be on the computer, and that's when everything burned.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. So to me, that was the one and only time I think I used the computer
0: there. (laughs) It's a cursed computer, it sounds
1: like. (laughs) And now I'm thinking back, I was like, I don't know where. Did they buy this? Was it given to them? I'm actually very surprised they had one even after we left. Because Mm -hmm. to this day, I think, I don't know if my mother has an email address. I'm sure she does. But I'm Uh not sure. And the only reason my father had an email address was because he had to have it for work.
0: Wow. Right?
1: Wow. What about you? I know I'm still (laughs) going to be, I'm going to be thinking about this for a while now.
0: Well, I, I would like to put in here too, I have some friends who are, you know, still in, Dahlonega, where I grew up, are are other small towns that still have, like, the one computer room in the house where you go and it's like this old desktop. (laughs) And I have many fond memories of my grandparents' house uh, because they had a nicer computer than we did. But it was in a computer room and I would play that, like, what was it? Johnny Skater game and the mousetrap game. Oh, good times. I don't even know what those are. Oh, me either. I can barely remember, but they were fun. I remember Minesweep. Minesweep in Solitaire. And, and there was this detective game that, to this day I wish I could remember what that was cuz I love solving mysteries. <laughs> but <laughs> my family, I think it was 1998, we went to a store and I I so hope that this brings back nostalgic memories for some and then really confuses younger listeners. It was like buying a car. Like imagine you go in, there's a lot Of desktop, like big bulky desktops. They're not on (laughs) desk either. They're sitting on the floor on carpets. Mm -hmm. And the salesperson comes out and walks you around, and will be like, "This is the Gateway 1998. It comes with this mug, and it powers up at this." That's what we got. We got a Gateway.
1: The Gateway. (laughs) You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I've ever owned a brand new computer.
0: Oh, a laptop.
1: Because my brother, for a little while, got into his own little uh, restoring business Mm -hmm. for laptops and he would just refurbish and he would just give it to me. I'm like, cool. And then after that, I would work and they would just provide you. And currently, using our work computer, work laptop. So Mm -hmm. I just bought a Chromebook, but I don't know if I've used it more than three times. A gateway, oh my god! Yeah, it
0: came with the mug And a, a cow print mouse pad Yes, yes. a cow print Yes Wow, <laughs> memory, y'all Yes, it, I'm feeling but, very old. For those who don't know what we're talking about, yeah, it was it was a wild experience. But it was I remember being so excited and thinking like, "Ooh, this whole world is going <laughs> to open for me."
1: This whole world,
0: yes, brand yes. new world. <laughs> it was. Agree. I guess that's a segue into what we're talking about today, <laughs> which is more about the internet. Um, yes, true. Yes, yeah, so today we're talking about the internet gender gap. So, the internet is incredibly important to modern life from access to education to increasingly daily functions like paying bills, banking, booking appointments, including vaccine appointments, as Samantha and I were just discussing. Yes. Telemedicine appointments, keeping up with others, staying informed, protesting, and of course, entertainment. If I, as I've often said, and I know people hate hearing this, but I feel like I've handled the pandemic pretty well. But if I didn't have the internet, it would be a very, very different oh story.
1: I, w- I really do wonder what would have happened. Well, obviously, working from home would have been impossible.
0: Right. And mm-hmm.
1: so people would be in such disarray. Had it not been for this type of technology, we would have been, like seriously screwed. Yes. But also, this is also why we need to talk about... This gap in general, like Mm -hmm. why we continue to harp on the fact that accessibility is so, so important and the lack of it, how it is damaging
0: Mm -hmm. and crippling for a lot of people and families. Oh, absolutely. And yes, uh, access to the internet is critical in a lot of business arenas too and allows for entrepreneurs to start businesses, sell products, find jobs and improve professional skills. Over 90% of the world's jobs involve a digital component, and some estimates indicate that 60% of all global GDP will be digitized by 2022. Um, And I know, like, I, I can't remember the number, but it was a very big number. Of Financial transactions happen online now and things like rent and and Venmo just being huge in that space. And for those living in areas with laws or social taboos around women working, Instagram businesses can still sometimes be a possibility. Uh, Thousands of women have done just that in Saudi Arabia.
1: Right. And we've really seen the importance of it throughout this pandemic, as we were just saying, which has also highlighted again how, in many ways, it is a privilege, whether it's based on where you live, your income, or down gender and racial lines, it's not equally accessible to everyone, as we were saying. And that's not even getting into the speed of the internet, internet yes. speed, which, by the way, is hilarious because even if you have all the money in the world, you might not be able to control that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> End of story. Uh-huh. Or internet harassment, which um, has been a big thing going on in Twitter, especially for women journalists right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll probably come back and talk about that later on. And online dangers that silence women. Yep. And some reports show that one in five girls leave or significantly reduce their social media presence mm-hmm. due to harassment. Which I think every single time I've seen someone say, I have to leave social media, it's pretty much been woman like, from my feed.
0: Yeah. Almost right. always. Or it's very rarely a dude who's leaving because his wife was such, or, or his, whoever he's attached to that is a woman. Right. It was the target, and therefore it kind of spilled over to him.
1: Right. On Every now and again, because he is the harasser who's getting,
0: quote unquote, <laughs>
1: canceled. Right. but we're not going to go into that too much right now (laughs) Um, so in the words of the World Wide Web Foundation quote women around the world report being bombarded by a culture of misogyny online including aggressive often sexualized hate speech direct threats of violence harassment and revenge porn involving use of personal slash private information for defamation and they are also five times less likely to pursue a career in tech as we've talked about previously and Facebook Google and Apple all have less than 25% of women on staff as of 2017, which, of course, is not helping when they
0: continue to gaslight their female employees. Yes. And, and we've talked about how a lot of women have said, again, this whole thing, this like aggressive, toxic environment is a part of why they don't go into it or can't stay in it right some experts actually speculate that because there are less women online and in tech it fosters an online environment that allows for more harassment and toxic behavior online thus bullying more women into silence a so very vicious cycle which makes sense and, and that goes back to the biases in coding right who's making the code who's making these programs. If you don't have women or marginalized people in the room making them, then of course they're being overlooked and those problems will continue. And limiting access to the internet or cyber-stalking are forms of abuse women and girls deal with too, not to mention, yes, revenge porn and highly sexualized deepfakes, which is the thing that terrifies me and is getting, the technology is getting better all the time. It's getting creepier, for sure. Yep. And in countries where open discussion of women's sexual health and issues might be limited, the internet is a huge help there, or it can be. Right. So as of 2020,
1: uh, we missed the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals of Achieving Universal Affordable Internet Access Worldwide. Mm. And reports show that at the current rate, that won't be achieved until 2043. Yeah. I'm probably going to be dead by then. Oh, gosh. (laughs) an estimated 2 billion girls and women don't have access. The UN has set a new goal uh, on their 2030 agenda for sustainable development, ensuring the quote use of enabling technology in particular ICTs or internet communications technology to promote the empowerment of women.
0: Yeah, so let's run some numbers and caveat before we do. The numbers can vary really widely and that is based on how people calculate and report and we'll try to point out those instances in there but if if we're going through some numbers and you're like hey that doesn't really match up with that other number yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we know. You're not wrong. There's some confusion around it. (laughs) So, around half of the world is still offline. Since the internet became more widespread amongst the public in the 90s, there has been a persistent gender gap in users. Women's access to the internet is higher than men's in only 8% of countries, and gender equality exists in only 25% of countries everywhere else men have more access. A 2000 study found that, quote, two statistically significant gender gaps exist on the internet, in access and in use, and that around, quote, one half of the digital divide between men and women on the internet is fundamentally gender-related. And the social construction of technology theory suggests you can't not think about gender when you discuss technology because technology models after those who and the society that made it from the paper gendered space the digital divide between male and female users in internet public access sites quote technology enables changes in society so technology plays a role in the construction of gender by creating new possibilities of how gender roles might be performed in a new area
1: So another study found that financial independence and internet access are correlated. Surprise, surprise. Women statistically have more control over family decisions and invest 10 times more of their earnings than men do. So a 2002 study found that there were no gender-significant gender differences in
0: how men and women use the internet.
1: Really? Even with porn?
0: (laughs) I think it was more talking about... um... Okay, so apparently there was this assumption that men were more comfortable with it, and it made women anxious, and they just used it for interpersonal connection. So they thought that, like, men were way more technical about it, and women were, like, way too scared to use it. Okay, okay, so... Yes. In that realm, because
1: I'm like, I don't don't know. That's interesting.
0: I feel like when
1: it comes to who accesses porn, statistically, it's men, right? I mean, women still
0: access it, but most likely... And when you break it down in those ways of like, yes, women, well, I haven't looked at the the numbers recently, but like do use interpersonal connection, way like uh, Pinterest and Twitter and, and things like that more than men. So yeah. there are those differences, but I think it was more looking into like women only used it for that and nothing else. Like porn, I guess you could put into, as uh, some people would argue health, but entertainment and, you right. know, women watch entertainment. Or right. Things for health. Like, right. It was more like <laughs> attitudes towards
1: it. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. So, another study did find that video games, which I was going to talk about too, helped acclimate people to technology. And since this has been traditionally a boys' arena, quote unquote, boys and men had an advantage. But recent numbers are saying that that is changing. Yes. And we love it. And we're probably <laughs> going to talk about it later. But yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah
0: uh 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 uh. <laughs> in the words of Samantha McVeigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, from the OECD report bridging the Digital Gender Divide include upscale innovate, quote, while 86% of sellers on Etsy are women, there are proportionally fewer female sellers in traditional shops for home furnishing and household appliances. Furthermore, with 67 female hosts on Airbnb, there are more female hosts on home sharing services as, such as Airbnb than there are women employed in the tourism industry. Higher female employment rates can also be found in the ride sharing economy. The right gearing economy has more female chauffeurs than there are female taxi drivers. Transport services as Ubers show a higher female employment rate for freelancer individual workers than comparable transport services. In the United States, the proportion of female drivers is higher for Uber, 14%, than for traditional taxis, 8%. Working part-time or flexible schedules because of a family education or health reason are the main reasons for female drivers, 42%, as compared to 26% in the case of men. Now, That is a whole separate conversation that we should revisit. I was going to say, we talked about that, right? Past hosts have talked about, um, I think, drive sharing and maybe definitely, um, no, Pinterest wasn't a thing I talked about. Um, So it's been covered, but there are issues inherent when you're having conversations about a gig economy like this Mm -hmm. and why more women are able to succeed in those spaces or, you know, succeed, I guess you can argue as well. Why that's happening and if it's good, but the point is, being connected to the internet opens job opportunities for women.
1: Right. I remember having when I used to mm-hmm. ride Ubers and other ride chairs because that that has not happened in the past year. No. But I remember specifically when me we were going to Dragon Con, which mm-hmm. hopefully it'll come back. A woman who had picked us up and um, taken us back home, she was talking about how this was her full time gig because she was able to work within the system to make it profitable for her. Because right. we also know that Uber, for all it is, all the intent behind it was meant for a part time extra money thing. Right which is also why they didn't want to treat them as employees and treat them as contractors, which is mm-hmm. not going to happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that whole level. But also, it took away money yeah. and made you know Uber, the company, billionaire companies sure. while leaving uh, individual drivers in the lurch and oftentimes holding bags, owing money back because... Yeah of certain markets that they had to hit or certain certain points that they had to hit in order to earn money. But she was really good at making sure that she could work that system to, right. to, for her advantage. But she definitely talked about how it took her a, a few months to get there, but now mm-hmm. she loves it. Of yeah. course, I'm, I'm sure if I talked to her again, that would have changed. But it was interesting how she was plotting it and how she had yeah. to be so methodical to do so.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be interesting after as we come out of this pandemic as we talked about how perhaps this might have pressured companies or shown companies that you can offer flexible and work from home schedules, which I think is one of the real pluses of something for women, especially in the gig economy. So we'll see how that shakes out. But Certainly that is a high point, I think, for people who work in those industries. And we do have even more numbers for you. But first, we have a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor.
1: Yeah, so a 2020 study found four key categories preventing the gender internet gap from closing. Access to handsets, internet connectivity, infrastructure, and literacy and data availability, which should not be surprising. They broke that down by category and identified specific reasons for each. For instance, there are stereotypes in countries like India around women's cell phone usage that it denotes a promiscuous and or unfaithful woman. I'm sorry, I did not mean to laugh at that, but well, or if a woman lives in certain rural areas where she can't get a signal, she may not be allowed to leave her home without an escort, if at all. Also, there's an element of time. If women are expected to handle the caretaking, they may not have time to go somewhere to charge up or get more money on their phone. And if that's something they don't have easy access to, well, there you go.
0: Yeah, this was a real wake-up call for me, a very like privileged wake-up call. But when I lived in the middle of nowhere in Australia... There was no signal. And like right. if you wanted to you had to use this like landline phone that only worked at certain times, and it was for the whole like area. So there was hundreds of people with this one phone. and it, it might not even work. And then you had to dial in like a ten digit number and then the area code of the country you're trying to reach, and then that number. and if mm-hmm. you missed up one of the numbers, like too bad, so sad because <laughs> only fifteen minutes per person. And then, like when I finally, I got closer to civilization, in quotes, where there was more populated. I had a cell phone, but it was an old cell phone and I had to put like credits on it, you know, and it it had to charge it up at like internet cafes and it barely worked. Like it didn't get good signal. And that's why, like, I know I've told bits and pieces of this story before, but I got stuck in Australia for a while. And I got back to, it was like a 78-hour trip to get back to San Francisco, I think. And I had no money. And I couldn't get my phone to charge. And I just cried. Because I couldn't contact my parents to be like, I'm home. I finally made it. But just things like that, I think, uh, if you live in a society... Like Samantha and I do, you can forget. I mean, even in the U.S., but like... (laughs) Right. I mean, even like just the smallest inconvenience
1: is so irritating. But to have um, to, like, on a daily basis be controlled in that manner is a whole different story.
0: Yeah. And, And speaking of these public spaces... Men use public spaces more than women by about 10% um, where they might access technology. And even so, there's a hierarchy of comfort that has been documented. It just makes sense to me. But people are more comfortable accessing the internet in their own home. And then there's like three other things, and then the library is last. Or like public right. spaces is last. Right. There was one exception, though, as per that previously mentioned gendered spaces study. Quote: The observations conducted for the study showed that men consistently outnumbered women in computer usage in public access sites such as community technology centers and libraries, both in 1999 and 2009. This pattern was consistent even when taking into account ethnicity and age. The only exception was among African American adolescents, black females teens used public access sites computers more often than black male teens a study that analyzes this at length concluded that african-american teenage men saw the library as a place that was not for them as opposed to african-american teenage women who saw it as a comfortable space which i just find interesting because we have talked so much about like uh the power of of black women in terms of of like creating technology and in technology spaces I just find that interesting. So does that mean some of the ideas that the library is a more feminine space? I would imagine that if I had to put it in, you know, being in my own just gender biases that I don't know I've picked up, I would put the library in more of a feminine space. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, there's also, I would argue, clearly, like maybe a race aspect to that as well. Right. Of just not feeling safe in a public space.
1: That's interesting. So, but countries that have a large internet gap also have a gap in mobile phone usage, which I feel like, yes, which makes sense. Because mobile phones are the most common way of accessing the internet, 2 million less women than men own a mobile phone and 327 million fewer women than men have a smartphone. That's a giant number. As of now, 97% of the world's population lives
0: within reach of cell
1: signals. And as of 2017, 80% of the population owned a phone.
0: And this gap that we're talking about, the, the internet gender gap, has a huge economic impact. According to the ITU, if 600 million more women and girls got access to the internet, and remember, that's not even all of them, it could translate to a boost of global gross domestic product somewhere between 13 to $18 billion over the next three years. The McKinsey Institute estimates that by removing obstacles for women achieving parity, so if I'm understanding this correctly, they're talking about like all obstacles, (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but that would translate to a global GDP growth of $28 trillion over a 10-year period. Wow. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Numbers from 2019 suggest that the percentage of women using the internet was 48% compared to 58% of men. That means relatively, the gender internet gap is 17%. Others estimate that the number is closer to 21%. I even saw 25%. Again, it depends on how you calculate it. And it does vary pretty widely if you narrow it down to by country. For instance, in uh, North America and Europe, the gap is more or less zero. If we look at Asia, the Pacific, uh, Africa, and the Middle East, the gap is often not only substantial, but also growing since 2013, when more and more users have gotten access to the internet and a good chunk of those users. Are men. Some of the highest gaps when using women as the reference group are Sub Saharan Africa at 43% and South Asia at 137%. And again, varies based on methodology. (laughs) So you can get different numbers depending on where you look. Some groups of women are even more significantly impacted, like the elderly, refugees, people who live in rural areas, and people with disabilities. And don't forget, not everyone has electricity. Sometimes getting proof of identity to open an account is an issue too, as our laws against women owning property or making money. Yes, cost is a big barrier in this whole thing as well. Because women in many areas have less access to money, they might be forced to get poor quality devices with less connectivity if it's something they can afford at all. All right, so... That was a lot of numbers. So many numbers. (laughs) Yes. Let's look at some potential solutions. But first, let's pause for one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we're back, thank you, sponsor.
1: So yeah, let's talk about solutions, maybe. Since (laughs) most people use mobile phones to access the internet, bridging the mobile phone gap could be one way of addressing this problem. And another issue tied up with this one is the fact that for a good percentage of the world's population, school is where they're introduced to technology. And as long as girls don't have equal access to schooling, it's going to be a pretty big factor to this problem. Literacy rates obviously also play into this.
0: Yes. Some organizations have launched initiatives to lessen the gender gap on the internet, including Equals Partnership and their collaboration with United Nations University, or UNU, to bring together the public and private sectors to get more women and girls online. They created this really cool gender digital inclusion map that you can use to navigate to get information about this based on location. Equals also has pushed for further research, more data, always good, and with the UNU has formed a group of 29 academic partners to collect more data about this issue. The World Bank and CES have partnered to form the Global Tech Challenge solutions for women as well.
1: And similarly, there's the African Girls Can Code initiative, AGCCI, an initiative of ITU, UN Women, and the African Union Commission dedicated to providing girls and women with digital tools and skills. The Broadband Commission for Sustainable Development's working group on the digital gender divide has released a number of recommendations, as well, and several countries have launched initiatives to combat this problem. Yay! In general, more gender-focused data is needed. Let's just, yes, obviously, we always need more. <laughs> Increasing awareness around issues and
0: benefits of getting more women online is very important step in this whole thing as well. Mm-hmm. And then curbing online abuse and putting in place structures of reporting and prevention, also very important. Addressing toxic work environments in tech, getting more women in tech. There are programs dedicated to distributing phones to women experiencing domestic abuse as well. Online or video upskilling classes to increase user confidence because that actually, (laughs) that actually, uh, it's it's a bigger problem than you might imagine, especially if you did grow up with technology. And we were just talking about this when it comes to the vaccine and older people not feeling confident in the internet. That really can keep you away from like learning more or using it. Yeah. So, offering education opportunities, addressing systemic education issues and inequalities in childcare and domestic work, equal pay, equal oh. yeah, I know, <laughs> equal funding to women-owned
1: startups. Right. So, also improve internet literacy. That means it could help with the issues of oh, I don't know, grooming, sex trafficking, harassment, and technophobia. So instead of going online and ranting about conspiracy theories, actually teaching.
0: Hmm on what could be a
1: bad moment for a child and or what could be misinformation, disinformation. Yes. Go listen to our friend Bridget Todd's show. (laughs) That might help you. Yes. Surprise, surprise. And then looking into and evaluating social media or data taxes that some countries have and the cost of the data in general, right? So when we talk about the fact that people are having to pay by minute or pay by yep. certain small amounts because they can't afford an actual plan, which are ridiculous. And we know capitalism is not the best, especially in the marketing like in the U.S., where it's owned by pretty much just two big companies. Right. So, hmm, and then ask women and other marginalized groups to be involved in these conversations. Surprise!
0: (laughs) Gotta put it in there. Feels like it's obvious, but gotta put it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it seems uh, a lot of this, because the UN did have that goal that, yes, was missed last year, but there's a lot of things being written about this now and a lot of organizations and uh, initiatives around this whole thing. So if you want to learn more, there is a lot out there for you. There are a lot of resources for you. So go check those out. And yeah, all of this has been (laughs) exacerbated by COVID. And just, yeah, think about it. How many things are you trying to do digitally now to protect yourself and your family Or to make money, yes, for like working from home or going to the doctor online, all those things, school, online. And this pandemic has really shown the importance of it and also our dependence on it in a lot of cases. I think it has also shown like what works and what doesn't work. Yeah.
1: And school, we can talk about
0: what? No, I was just laughing at that. Did you see that article about how Zoom activates your fight or flight? <laughs> Relax. Does it really? That makes so much sense to me. Yeah, a new article just came out that said that having your like coworkers face Samantha in such like close counter where you can't like get away right. activates your <laughs> fight
1: or flight. Right. Uh it makes me a little more. Um attention deficit, like, where I have to, if, especially if there's a meeting with, which we have, which over 50 people, oh, and I yeah. start flicking through, like, who's here? Who's that? And I no longer pay attention to the meeting. Yeah. I do that too. <laughs> I'm just, like, pages through. Like, what's right. in people's backgrounds? What's going right. on? <laughs> but I mean, just kind of talking about the expectations we lay on kids. So if yeah. we're having that hard of time paying attention, mm-hmm. how are these kids doing this? And then the amount of fails yeah. Can we talk about that? Like, my partner put on a whole YouTube video of people doing stupid on Zoom or saying stupid on Zoom and being called out. And I couldn't handle it. I had to walk out. Like, I, I hate this. This is the yeah. worst thing in the world because, oh my God, it's so cringy. It is so cringy. How many people have seen people in their underwear that they would have never seen <laughs> had it not been from this? I, and yeah. on accident, we're not going to talk about the really harassment, shit, but like, the accidents that have happened and you're mortified for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. I mean I'm a I'm a coward. I'm a video conference coward because I oh, so I'll panic. I'll be like, it says connect with computer audio and there's a hundred people on. And I'm like, will it connect on mute? Right. It, and it's not like I even have sounds happening. Right. You're in complete
1: <laughs> yeah. silence holding your breath, and then you're like, mew! <laughs> but yeah, I think this is an interesting thing that COVID and the pandemic and quarantine has shown us a lot, and it has shown a giant gap yeah. in the privileges. So that's also important that we make note of it, and hopefully it will be something that we can have a solution for. Although it took to the end, almost towards the end of this year, last year for uh, internet companies like Comcast to be like, well, okay, we'll increase speed for
0: those who need it. Like, yeah. really? Yeah. Really? And they were tossing around like data caps because they knew we we're all at home. Well, not all of us, but a lot of right. us at home. and they still are. They're still talking
1: about doing data caps at yeah. this point because they were like, well, we can make more money and there's only two of us.
0: Yep. Let's do this together, y'all. <sighs> yep. <laughs> mm. But yes, this lack of access worsens systemic gaps that already exist. And we're missing out on all these things that these women and girls without the internet have to offer. So, Ugh, And I don't like that.
1: I don't like it either. You know what? The, this is one of the big things. that, Though people are doing things on the ground and because people may not be sharing it on the internet, that we're having a hard time and missing out on all these amazing people doing amazing works. I've just talked about the frustration of trying to find some amazing people who I get a small blip of, but Mm -hmm. I want to know more. And they need to be highlighted because they're doing amazing works and it should be highlighted Yeah, so that the world sees instead of just the small community. Absolutely, yes.
0: Well, on that note... (laughs) We would love to hear from you listeners. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Podcast. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.